evening, brilliant scholars, and welcome to Avant-Garde Book Storytime. I'm Cherie Hardy, and I'm so glad that you have decided to tune in again. Tonight, I'll be reading the second part of M.C. Higgins the Great. This book was written by Virginia Hamilton. The book won a Newbery Medal in 1974. If you have the book, you can follow along with me silently. If you don't, it's okay. Just get in a very comfortable place and get relaxed and listen quietly to M.C. Higgins the Great. M.C. stopped again. He gave off a soft call. Cupping his hands tightly around his lips, he pitched the call high, enough to make it sound like a young turkey gobbling. He remembered that when he was a child out with his father, they often came upon a whole flock of wild turkeys. Now all such birds were rarely seen. M.C. listened. Deep in the ravine, there came a soft answering sound, a yelp of a hound puppy nipped on the ear by his mama. Ben Kilburn was there, waiting as M.C. figured he would be. And after M.C. checked his traps, he would have time to spend with Ben. Calling like birds and animals wasn't just a game they played. It was the way M.C. announced he was there without Ben's daddy and his uncles finding out. M.C. wouldn't have wanted to run into the Kilburn men any more than he would want his own father to know he was playing with Ben. Folks call the Kilburns witchy people. Some said that the Kilburn women could put themselves in trances and cast out the devil. Kilburn men and women both could heal a bad wound by touching, although M.C. had never seen them do it. Boys scattered around the hills never would play with Ben. They said it was because he was so little and nervous. But M.C. had played with Ben from the time he was a child and didn't know better. When he was older, he had been told. Now he guessed Ben was like a bad habit he couldn't break and had to keep secret. The traps M.C. made were a yard long, a foot high, and a little more than a foot wide. He had put them together from scraps of wood and chicken wire. Better soon take them apart, he thought. Stack them so when we move. He checked them. Not one of them is sprung, he said to himself. Peering through the chicken wire, he saw that his lure of lettuce was still in place and rotting from two days of heat. The animal trails took the rabbits through the weeds into the ravine, where they drank at a stream and on to Mrs. Kilburn's large vegetable gardens. Maybe her greens had gone sour, M.C. thought. Not one rabbit come even close. Disgusted, he held the raised trapdoor in place. He reached inside and tore lettuce loose from the first trap. He threw the rotting lure as far as he could into the ravine. Cleaning out the other two traps, he took fresh lure from his wristband. Just a waste of time, he thought, shoving lettuce into the traps. But I'd sure like to taste some wild meat. Finishing the chore, M.C. fluffed up weeds where he had trampled them down, making the traps less obvious. Then he started down into the ravine, grabbing hold of a wood post of a vine bridge. The bridge hung across the ravine to a landing on Keel's Mound. 
My bridge, MC thought. One time he had kept on thinking about how often Ben's mother had to climb up the side of the ravine to go any place. Usually she carried one of her babies on her hilt. Slowly it had come to him. What could be done? Vines are thick, he had told Ben. You get your daddy and your uncles to cut them and make a weave. He told Ben that wood posts had to go where wood posts had to go in the solid ground on each side of the ravine. He told how to soak the vines, then loop them at the top and bottom of each post, and how to weave the vines so they'd stay tight. How to tie them. I figured it, MC thought, admiring the simple lattice weave of the bridge. Only one trouble. Ben was so used to living the same, he hadn't trusted a new way of doing it. It had taken Ben forever to make up his mind that MC knew what he was talking about. When he had finally told his father, Mr. Kilburn dropped everything and set to work making the bridge. Stretching himself out, MC held on to the post for a long, as long as he could. Then he let go and plunged, running, sliding, and falling down into the ravine. He had to keep watch for patches of seepage, which dried up in one place only to form again in another. The patches could be soft and muddy or bottomless like sinkholes. Growth covering them was yellow-green or black with rot. Either way, MC thought, each is trouble. He made it down the ravine without any danger to himself and into the midst of it where the stream gurgled along. Something swooshed over his head. MC ducked in a crouch. He smiled and Turkey gobbled softly. Staying down, he craned his head up and around to see. Ben Kilburn had come swinging out of the trees on the opposite side of the ravine, his hands and legs spidery tight around a strong old vine. He swung back, swooshing through the air, some four feet above MC's head. Hurry up! Ben silently mouthed the words as he glided, rising into the trees on the Kills mountainside. The ravine was as an ancient place with trees taller than most others over the hills. Once there had been a river through it. Ben's grandmother remembered all about it. She put on her bonnet and ride that river meander to the town of Harrington near the Ohio River. Now there was only the stream and seeping wetness. Because the trees grew so large, MC suspected that the river still flowed underground. Not only were the massive were they massive, but they were entwined with vines as thick as a man's arm. Maybe the vines were poison ivy grown monstrous from Kilburn magic. MC liked the idea of witchy vines. Funny, they never caused me to itch, or Ben either. The vines tangled up and up to the very top of trees. They connected with other vines and other branches, forming a network that shut out hard sunlight. Dampness became trapped with heat causing fog to hang eerily above the ground. Wouldn't want to be caught down here in the night, MC told himself. He shuddered, picturing vines reaching for him and looping themselves around his neck. MC jumped over the stream and headed for Ben waiting on the high branch. Ben's unsmiling face was pale, yellow, and always looked slightly peaked. He had shocking red hair, thick and long, 
all the Kilburn children had the same hair in varying shades of red. As MC came nearer, Ben's eyes lit up. He grinned, showing small pointed teeth. He straightened his knees, then bent them as if he would jump for joy. All right, boys and girls, I stopped at page eight again. This is M.C. Higgins the Great. Just continue reading. I'm going to keep reading this book until I finish. And after this, I'm also going to read another great short story. Well, just continue reading and continue listening. And I hope you have a very nice evening. Take care.